Welcome to the Leadership Matters Podcast, where we talk matters of leadership because leadership really does matter. Here's your host, Jeremy Albrecht. Welcome to episode eight of the Leadership Matters Podcast, entitled How We Do. I was thinking a few days ago, I was remembering back to the first time as a youth pastor, I was invited to a high school to speak to a world religions class. This was uh, one of my students actually had volunteered me to come in and speak uh, as this class was was learning about a unit on Christianity. Uh, the teacher had asked if any students had a, a Christian pastor uh, that would like uh, they thought would like to come in and speak to the class. And so sure enough, one of my students was in that class and raised their hands and said, sure, my youth pastor would love to come in and talk about Christianity. And so I can remember leading up to that event, I was so nervous. I mean, who knows what doors may open because of this very thing. And so I can remember putting all sorts of study time into prepping for this class. And, and I had asked the teacher, what do you, what exactly do you want me to do? Because I really wanted to serve this teacher. That was, that was my, my goal. And my aim was to come in and, and just serve, not with my own agenda. And so he had sent me a bunch of questions, 10 questions, and these were deep questions. Like, I, I felt very ill-equipped and underqualified to answer these soul-searching questions uh, about religions and, and what makes me think that Christianity is the only, re- is the only religion and all sorts of, you know, uh, all sorts of in-depth questions. So I, I, can, I can remember setting out to really do well. I really wanted to do this well. And uh, I remember getting there. And uh, not marching in there with any of my own agendas. My goal was not to go in there and blow things up or proselytize. Uh, I really wanted to serve this teacher because knowing that other doors could open up because of this. And I always wanted to be in the high school. It was one of my desires as a youth pastor. So I wanted to do this right. I wanted to do things right. I wanted to do things well. And I remember just going in there to serve. and, And I ended up Actually, because of that attitude, God opened the door for me to preach in that class. I got a chance to basically speak the gospel without these students even knowing it. There I stood preaching them to there is one name under heaven by which we can be saved. Like I remember quoting scripture without them even realizing it, most of them. Um, I was able to preach the gospel. Because of this, I was actually invited back every semester from there on after to speak Uh, When they would get to their unit, this teacher in particular, long after the student who got me the invite was gone out of that class, this teacher still would invite me back every semester when they got to their unit on Christianity. And I ended up getting to do this thing lots. And as a result, direct result of that, this teacher actually formed a relationship with him. He actually came and checked out our church a couple times. And we had three or four students out of the different classes I would teach over the various semesters ongoing for a few years after that came and checked out our youth ministry. Now, as leaders, uh, I really want to I want to speak to you on, on this whole topic of how we do things, how we do. I've, I've shortened it, you know, a little more hip, a little more relevant. Yo, it's how we do, you know, how the culture talks, speaks, maybe not so much anymore. I could be out of touch with culture now, as I haven't been in youth ministry for a while now. Um, but we, we used to have students that would actually say that, yo, it's how we do. You know, you challenge them on something and the way they did something is like, hey, we can't help it. It's how we do. It's yo, it's how we do. Um, so that's why I've entitled it. If you're wondering where the title came from, it's just me trying to be relevant uh, and, and stay up with the times, which I'm probably way behind already. 
But I was I was thinking about that that topic and how we do how we do the various things we're asked to do, how we do things that, that are on our plate, how we do the things that we long and love to do. And as leaders, I, I think we could all agree there are things we like to do lots in leadership. Things that we absolutely love doing and, and we find fulfillment in them. And we actually they actually end up fueling our tank. And we, and we share this common desire as leaders, but but desire, here's what I've learned in leadership. Desire alone never changes a thing. Actually, desire alone is, is not enough. It's not enough to, for, for the end result for us to be doing this thing lots, whatever, whatever that thing is for you, you fill in the blank. It could be speaking. It, it could be leadership development. It, it could be you fill in the blank. Actually, when, when we leave it to desire alone, it can become counterintuitive to the goal. And let's face it. You think of a think of a classroom setting. Think a, as a leader, you've probably been set set up to lead a various groups before, and maybe there's been moments, you know, from up front where you've asked for volunteers. Hey, could I get a volunteer with this? We, we tend to overlook by human nature. We tend to overlook the kid in the front row bouncing up and down who has their hand raised, volunteering for everything. Right? Like we all we all have done that before. We purposely ignore that student, and that's. Exactly how I think it can be for those out there who desire to do this thing that they love doing. They just have this desire to do it lots over and over again. For that kid in the front row bouncing up and down, it's to be seen. They just love being up front and in front of people. Maybe they're a class clown or whatever the case may be. But it can be counterintuitive just to have the desire alone. So my question to you as leaders for this leadership podcast and for this episode in particular is, could there be a different way? Well, I actually believe there is. Here's the bottom line for for this episode. It's this. Do it well, do it right, and you'll do it lots. As leaders, when when we set out to do something well, and we have this desire to do it right, to do the right thing, the right way, I believe the end result will us being able to do it lots, which in turn causes us to do it better, which is doing it well, to do it right over and over again, which leads to lots. And it ends up becoming this this cycle where we end up getting more and more opportunities all because we've set out with the right motives in, in place to do it well and do it right. And that's exactly where I believe it all starts. So, so what does that look like from a practical sense? But allow me for the next few moments just to break this down into, into those two parts, doing it well and doing it right, and what that actually looks like from a practical sense. So the first part, part one, doing it well. Do it well, whatever you want to call it. This one is all about excellence, not perfection. I think oftentimes we can make the mistake in thinking excellence is all about perfection. I, I don't believe it's about perfection at all. I believe excellence is doing the best with what you've got. And actually looking at the things in front of you and deciding that everything matters. Uh, we used to have this, this tagline, this catchphrase, and maybe you've heard it before, uh, but we used it in our ministry. I used it in my ministry with my leaders and still use it to this day, even around here at District Office, is we sweat the small stuff. That's all about excellence. That's all about deciding that, that everything matters. I mean, we're taught in society to not sweat the small stuff, but I believe excellence says the reverse of that. It actually sweats everything. Everything matters. It's really called being intentional, right? With every moment of your day. Uh, For me, uh, when I'm here at the office, that means a 50-minute commute both ways. 
So in the morning, I got 50 minutes in the car all to myself. In the evening on my way home, I've got 50 minutes in the car all to myself. Well, I could choose to do all sorts of different things to, to waste time, to kill time on my drive. I just choose that every part of my day matters, and I'm going to be intentional with with every moment of my day. So in the morning, that means spending time with, with God in the car. I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to pray. I'm going to meditate. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to listen to things that edify and build me up and help me to grow and develop as a, as a leader, as a follower of Christ. And on my way home, I usually try and make one or two important phone calls. People, leaders that I need, just know I need to connect with. They might be going through something. They might not be. I might be just checking in because I haven't talked to them in a long time. And maybe you're here sitting, listening to this podcast, and you've been on the other end of one of those phone calls where I'm just checking in. But I'm going to use that time intentionally instead of just wasting my drive. That's what I'm talking about. We sweat the small stuff. It's about being intentional. And it requires your absolute best. It's another thing that doing it well requires. Your absolute best. Where you would actually ask yourself and evaluate after everything you do. Was that my best? Was that my absolute best? Again, this has nothing to do with, with being perfect or perfection, but giving your all, giving your absolute best. That's part of doing it well. And this is exactly how you get better at something. The, the way that we get better at doing something or the thing that we love to do, whatever that may be, is by doing it over and over and over again. We call that practice, right? Practice is a huge part to doing things well. And we've all been taught, you know, we, we've heard the saying before, the cliche, practice makes perfect. You know, go practice your piano, go practice your lesson or whatever, because practice makes perfect. Well, I, I don't believe that practice makes perfect, but I do believe that practice makes permanent. I actually heard Andy Stanley say that one time, and he has a great podcast on that whole topic about practice making permanent. Practice doesn't necessarily make us perfect at the very thing that we desire to do, but it can make the, the, the things that make us do it well, it, it puts those things and grounds them in our mind as permanent. And, and, and we, it, the, the principles in play, the, the fundamentals that are used to become better at that skill, at that thing that we desire to do, become permanent in our minds, in our hearts, when we go to do it, when we practice it over and over and over again. So, so what does that look like on a practical level? Well, um, I've, been, I've been coaching hockey. I love the game of hockey. And uh, God has opened up the door for me in this position to, uh, to coach my son's hockey team for the past couple of years now. And uh, one of the things that I just came across a, a season ago was, was this uh, Hockey Canada puts out various things to help coaches develop their players and, and uh, different challenges. And one of the, the recent challenges that, that was developed is called a 5,000-shot challenge. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, maybe not. What it is is basically getting the kids on your team to take 5,000 shots in 10 weeks. And the whole principle behind this whole 5,000 shot challenge is that practice makes permanent. Uh, the, the thing is, if you are to take 5,000 shots, you can guarantee that every kid who takes 5,000 shots in 10 weeks, their shot is going to improve in some way, shape, or form. It just will. And, and that breaks down to 100 shots per day, Five days a week, you do that for 10 weeks, that's 5,000 shots. So it actually breaks it down into bite-sized um, portions because when you look at 5,000 shots, if I'm to introduce that into my hockey team and, and my 11 and 12-year-old boys would be like, whoa, 5,000 shots, that's a lot of shots. How am I ever going to accomplish that? And so you break it down into bite-sized portions. And when you, when you break it down to that, hey, if you each took 
a hundred shots, shot a hundred hockey pucks after school for five days, every day of the week, took the weekend off, man, your shot is going to improve over those 10 weeks. And, uh, and that's the guarantee. After that many shots, their shot will definitely improve. And, and so th this is the whole practice portion of, of doing something well. You want to get better at something, uh, not perfect it, but you want to make the, the fundamentals permanent in your, in your mind, and then practice over and over and over again. And the, the second part to doing it well is, is the evaluation component. That is the other element to doing something well, constant evaluation. You see, nothing ever improves without evaluation. Get someone to, to watch you do something and, and have a conversation afterwards. That's called evaluation. And you can be guaranteed that you're going to improve. You're going to get better at something, even if the person watching you is not an expert in that field that you're asking them to watch you and evaluate you. you we, just, we just constantly get better by having others, an outside voice, somebody else's perspective to, to evaluate and critique us. And so uh, I encourage you, let's, let's use the whole area of communication. Let's say you're a leader and you, and you feel one of the things you love to do and want and have this desire to do more is, is to speak publicly, to, to communicate publicly. Then I encourage you to, to get someone else to watch you for the purpose of evaluating. The next time you're up to speak, actually ask somebody before you speak, don't throw them on the spot afterwards and say, hey, how did I do? But actually tell them, give them a heads up before you, you go to speak and say, hey, I'd like you to watch me over these, these next 20, 30 minutes as I speak. And I want you to, to give me some pointers at the end. I want you to watch every area, every aspect of, of my message. And I want you to critique it for the purpose of evaluation so I can become better at this. If you don't have somebody else to ask that you can trust with that, videotape yourself. Then critique yourself afterwards. Watch it. It could be a painful exercise. Uh, sometimes you can think, oh, I'd love to videotape myself and watch it. it you actually, I've done this before, and, and you end up cringing because, oh, I thought I was so much better than I actually am when I watch it on video. So be prepared for that if you're going to do that. Ask other people. Learn from, from evaluating others. Uh, I encourage you to study. Read books about whatever it is you want to be good at. You want to do lots, and you want God to open up doors and opportunities for you to do it more, then read books about that particular topic. Listen to podcasts about it. Watch videos about it. Watch other people do it who do it well, who are ahead of you and ahead of the game, and, and pick up pointers from them. And I guarantee if you make excellence the target, and you practice lots, and you're open to, to honest evaluation, I guarantee you'll be sure to do it well. And it'll open up doors for you to do it more. Part two, so we've talked about doing it well and how excellence is a part of that and practicing and evaluation are all key components to doing it well. Then part two is, is the whole doing it right portion. And this can be very difficult as leaders, I'll just warn you, to, to uphold the value of doing it right because we are immersed in a culture of self-advancement. And here, here's the deal, especially in leadership positions, is, is traveling from point A to point B as fast as possible. That's the culture we, we live and we lead in. And the problem arises when, when you start cutting corners to get, to get from A to B. And uh, this is the whole area of character. This is all about doing it right, uh, which is about your character. And, keep, and I actually believe you can lead and, and, and do things well while still upholding your character and, and, and desiring to do things right.
scary part of this one is that doing it well may get you places you don't possess the character to keep you there. And that's a scary thing. And this is what often we see happen in, in the lives of other leaders. We watch, uh, we watch them get various platforms, various positions because of their, their talent, because of their competency, because they're skilled at, at, at one thing, or maybe they're a great you know, worship leader or, or, or whatever the case may be, and all kinds of talent, all kinds of gifting. And then what happens? They get the position and they don't have the character to keep them there. And we see this time and time again, and it, it breaks my heart to watch it happen. We need to be about doing things right and uphold that, that value, especially as leaders. I, I take it back to my opening uh, illustration of speaking in this world religions class. Remember, I, I, you know, it, I can remember preparing for this and it was tempting because, because I wanted to use this as an opportunity to, to, to preach the gospel and to, to be a witness and, and to win students for Christ. It was very tempting to, to cut corners and want to just go in there with my own agenda and not necessarily pay too much attention to a, a, about doing things right. But I can tell you I was way further ahead in the end by going in there with an attitude to serve and being obedient to what God was asking me to do, not with my own agenda, but with His. And I felt I should just go in there with the idea, with the agenda to serve. And, and it was amazing to see how God continued to open the door for me to go back over and over and over again. And for these students that ended up coming to our youth ministry and this teacher that ended up coming out to our church. Um, what an amazing opportunity that I may not have gotten if I would have cut corners and just gone in there the very first time with my own agenda proselytize or, or preach the gospel. I may have never been invited back. It wouldn't have been able to, to see God open those other doors of opportunity down the road. So that is the doing it right portion. I know I didn't spend a whole lot of time. I could say all kinds more about character, but maybe for another podcast, because these are definitely uh, values we need to talk a little bit more about, especially in our culture of self-advancement today. And so as we wrap this up and begin, begin to wrap this up, doing it well might get you there, but doing it right will be the very thing that keeps you there. So, so keep that in mind when it comes to opportunities, when it comes to doing it lots. So the end result of all of this, of doing it well and doing it right, will be that you end up doing it lots. However, I want to say this before we close this podcast off. Remember that a low doing it lots may be the result. That's not success. You see, success is not fame. It's, it's actually so much bigger than fame, than being known or being noticed. Success is faithfulness, not fame. And if that's the case, then, then doing it well and doing it right would be success all on its own. If that's all you ever aim to do is to do things right and to do things well, then you've been successful. Because I believe that's all a part of being faithful. And then you leave having the opportunities to do it lots. You leave that up to God. And I guarantee he'll open up doors for you to do it lots if you will focus on doing it well and, and, and doing it right. The end result will be you get to do it lots. And this is exactly what's happened to me in, in my years of experience in, in leadership and in ministry. I, I can tell you firsthand that when I set out in ministry, I actually had no desire to speak publicly. It was one of my biggest fears growing up. And so when I went into ministry, one of my biggest fears I still held was to speak publicly. I was terrified. But regardless, I knew I'd have to. And so I set out with two things in mind. I want to do this well, even though it scares me. 
uh, out of my mind, I have this desire to do it well. And so I tried with everything to do it with excellence. I, I tried to put creativity into my messages. I, I practiced over and over and over again. It didn't come naturally, and so I had to practice. Uh, I, had, I practiced in front of others, my wife. Uh, I practiced in front of my dog at the time. I can remember speaking and preaching my guts out to my, to my, to my dog at times. I can remember preaching in front of a mirror and pacing back and forth. I remember learning how, how to do it without notes and, and practicing that. And I remember asking others who, who I thought and looked up to and were really good in this area uh, of leadership and ministry and communication and public communication, and I looked to them. I read books about it. I listened to podcasts about it. I watched videos of other guys doing it who did it well, and I evaluated them and critiqued and thought, I, I want to pull certain pointers out of each, each person that I watched doing it. And then I also wanted to do it right. I wanted to do it the right way, not cut corners, not to plagiarize or steal messages off other people. I had this desire to give credit where credit was due and, and leave the rest with God. And so I did what I could to, to ensure that I wasn't ripping other things off without giving credit. If, if I did, you know, tell a line that I'd heard in another message, I'd say that. Hey, I heard a, another preacher and I'd say their name, say this the other day as I was listening to one of their messages. I really did and still do have a desire to do it right. And part of doing it right means for me anyways, to, to I didn't try and still don't to this day to promote myself and Hey, I'd love to. I'd love to speak here, or uh, putting my name in various places to to speak. Uh, if if God really, I just believe this, and, and maybe this is just me, but I just believe if God wants me doing that lots, then He's going to provide opportunities for me to do it lots. And, and because of that, God has allowed me to uh, to to stand on various stages that I never dreamt I would ever stand on, and and speak His word. And he's given me the grace. He's been so gracious with me. I, I don't deserve it. I haven't earned that. But for whatever reason, God has opened up those doors. And I just encourage you today as you listen to this podcast, whatever it is for you, maybe it's not speaking, maybe it's not communicating, maybe it's something totally different. But if you desire to do it lots, I encourage you to focus on doing it well and doing it right and leave the whole doing it lots up to him. And I guarantee he'll open up doors of opportunity for you if you will focus on doing it well and doing it right. The end result will be you being able to do it lots. Thank you for tuning in and listening to another episode. It's been real. It's been fun. Until next month, peace on your melon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Leadership Matters Podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast, why don't you take a moment and subscribe on iTunes to ensure you never miss another episode. Until next time, remember your leadership matters.